Welcome to another episode of Hominate in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me as always are... Dan. Mike. Steve. Uh, and, oh. Fuck uh, Ward! Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's gonna, like, deal with his real world or something. Work. We, yep. get, we get to talk about toys. Yep. Um, speaking of which, let's just jump right in because my excitement is hard to contain. This week in hobby? Yeah. Okay. Uh, who wants to start? I'll start. <laughs> Sure. Um, Tom's really excited, so let's make him wait. Yeah, exactly. Uh, shocking announcement. I've been working on Mechanicus. I have branched out, though, into Imperial Guard. I started working on some Death Corpse models. CP farm go. Uh, actually, I'm not going to do a full CP farm. I'm not going to do the battalion, because I'm going to try and get what I have right now done for uh, Onslaught. So I'm only going to do just the Guard Commander and my two hilarious 2nd edition uh, uh, Rogue Psychers. So Supreme Command Attachment Supreme Command Attachment, which gives me less CPs overall, but it means I also don't have to do up as many guard models right away. I probably will end up doing that. I also want to see what happens with October, FAQ, FAQ. and that kind of thing. So I'm going to do these. Um, I also got my termite drills all assembled and base-coated and primed and all that, and they're uh, basically three colors ready to go. And I got uh, 25 Fulgurite Electro Priests all ready to go as well so they're just looking for like final detail work and that kind of thing um so and they I, look oddly deepkin like at the moment with the color scheme yeah i actually like the deepkin color scheme um, those flesh paints are nice to work with huh i didn't use any of them well it, lo- <laughs> it looks like you did i used uh, my own mixes so i used uh like an all through in gray and then just did a wash of the the beel tan green the glaze one. Oh yeah i think it's the that, that might be the waystone green no, I one of the green. It's, the it's like one? the it's like the super bright green. It's not yeah. a gemstone. It's just the wash. Way wash green, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because it's um, confusing because they have multiple green washes and yeah. the glaze. The, I, they have the like glaze. Cameo, yeah, they have glaze and Gilliman's blue. Uh, it basically works out to be, be the same colors as like the deepkin stuff. And then you just go back up over with all through in gray and white and a little bit of pallid witch flesh. That Ooh. really does sound an awful lot like manually mixing the deepkin colors. Yeah, but you, it's just one wash. That's it. It's a good chance it's actually how they painted the Deepkin, because they didn't have those colors when they did that. Well, it's similar, but yeah, they were mixing Incubi Darkness instead of the blue and green mixed together, and then they were mixing in, like, the bone colors in Ultimate Grey, so yeah, it's basically all the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, Sons of Her- uh, Horus color scheme, like that teal with the white, looks so good. Super happy about it. Yeah. So that was me. I got lots more Admech going. Who's next? Mikey? Uh, I finished uh, 10 Rangers for my Skatari. Nice, nice. And I've got. What are they armed with? What they armed special with? weapons? Oh, uh, just uh, they're the five man squads to get the uh, trans. Uranic arquebus. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. And then of course the leader has his special weapon and pistol. Power mall. One of them is a power mall. Yeah, power mall. Yeah, and both got the phosphorus pistol. Nice. Yeah, and I also have thirty blood bull guys that are about two days away from being done. <laughs> Not bad. Pretty good. What thirty blood bull guys of what? All humans actually, and star players and ogres, just and one stuff team? like that. Yeah, Holy but shit. I got yeah. I could do anything with them now, though. Ever. Cool. 
That's a little excessive. And when I built most of the Titanicus kit. Ooh. Except for one, I'm still going to do one more Warlord. Damn. Not bad. Um, I saw you on the internets with some things. Well, I, some things. Yeah, I painted, um, I've got just like the, one more highlight to do on one of the colors on uh, Zeus, my Battletech model of the week, which is going to be the last Battletech mini I get to work on for a little while just because I have so much scenery to work on. Um, I'm scenery be- for Battletech or scenery for... Adeptus Mechanicus, or Adeptus Titanicus. Well, conveniently the same scale. Oh, nice. Uh, so the, the DFA scenery is maybe a little bit big for 6 mil, which means it'll work fine for 8 mil. Um, so I've got that, which was stuff that I got, a, um, I pledged for the Kickstarter, but I got a little bit early for preview purposes, so I've been working on that. There was just one slight hiccup where one of the pieces on one of the kits, uh, the resin was like leaching mold release or something through the paint. So like getting that one component to stop doing that has been a real pain. Yeah. It's been like a million layers of like um, brush on varnish and more primer and brush on varnish and more primer. I was going to say. it's finally stopped leaching through. Like the could, last day and a half, it has not leached through the layers. There are sealer paints, but they are thick, like yeah. automotive sealer paints to stop that exact issue. And I mean, luckily it is, it is just like a flat, um, like smooth surface piece. But yeah, it was just, again, one piece glued to the side of a much larger, larger building that was doing it. So just, for whatever reason, there was a bit of a like mispour on the resin or something like that. But uh, I think I finally got that under control to the point where I can like properly batch paint these things and not have weird chemicals leaching through into the paint. That's and, really awesome. Uh, leaving it all weird and sticky. But uh, oh, I've, had, sticky. So I've had some <laughs> resin stuff do that too. No, no. Yeah. yeah. So it was a relatively minor issue that just took a long time to deal with. But I'll be doing that batch of scenery. It's all primed and ready to go. Um, I want to get. I'm going to see if I can get the Titanicus buildings uh, built and done, do them at the same time. Because the civilian DFA buildings, I want to do the same colors as the civilian buildings for Titanicus. So I might as well just airbrush and wash them and everything all at once for the sake of expediency. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, once that scenery project is wrapped up, then I can go back to doing uh, big red robots. Because whether I'm doing Battletech, which is dark red and black trim, or Legio Audax for Titanicus, which is dark red and dark metal trim. Yeah. They're the basically the same colors, but I mean, I get on, the bright, on the bright side, I'm well practiced with it. I get so. it. All I've been painting, <laughs> it feels like for the last two years is teal. But before that it was red. I don't really have much of a, it takes a long time for change around here. I get it. Tom never gets into a rut with the same colors either. Hey, I spent a long time not painting green. Okay. <laughs> so what are you painting time? right now? Shut up, shut up. <laughs> didn't gotcha, you, gotcha. Did you just do orcs for like Blood Bowl or something? That's what I was talking about. Well, but like the, they were between other projects that weren't green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like okay. that's a thing. Sure it is. Okay. I'll give yeah. you your halflings. Your halflings are not green. Yes. I guess the wood elves are green. They're green. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about to bring that up. but yeah. And, and you're like, painting goblins now too, right? No, the goblins are not for a little bit. Um, and the Nurgle was kind of green. The, how um, about the Grots though? <laughs> So, yeah, I finished up the Grots for my kill team, which is nine of them, and I got, I'm probably about a third of the way through all the orcs except for the knob, so another four orcs on top of the one that I already painted, and then it turns out that I'm going to Toronto in September, and I thought to myself, hey, what if I go a day early and see if Jay wants to play a game, and turns out that's happening, and he doesn't want to play kill team, he wants to play this is not a test. Which means I gotta finish up my Momakians, who have been sitting like half painted on my desk for 
like a year and a half. So just for anybody that does not know what a Mamakian is, watch, alien, watch alien life forms. Watch Elf, and you'll know what a Mamakian is. Yeah, it's an army of elves. If you're new to this podcast and you're <laughs> you're not aware of this running. I'm not going to call it a joke, because you're very serious about how. And, <laughs> and those models look good. Like, they're they're seriously good-looking miniatures with all the conversions. Oh, I was going to say, the, the original models? <laughs> Which ones? Uh, but it's kind of fun, too, because, like, I'm looking at back at them now, and I'm like, damn, like, it's actually kind of hard to tell what I sculpted fur-wise and what the original sculptor did, which feels kind of cool. That is cool. So I got one 100% done, and then I got a bunch more work done on the other six. So, basically, I've got to do those guys and my kill team, and then I have to paint up a, uh, a Slanesh Chaos team for Food Bowl, because we're running a Food Bank uh, Blood Bowl 7s tournament yep. uh, end of next month. Yep. So, that's what I have to do, and then I think I have to paint a Blood Bowl team for... i, I got some projects that i, I got to turn through sooner than later. Um, I think that's it for me for Hobby... And I'm going to jump right into shit. I'm take my money. Oh, we should wait, wait, wait so, again. Whoa, whoa. You, you have to wait again, man. No, not waiting. <laughs> I, I was going to say, but first of all, I'm going to give our listeners a second to pause and just think about this week, if you've seen anything on the internet, guess what Tom's favorite release is? Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> oh, my God. So what you think it is is not what it's going to be because we'll really? talk about that later. Okay, 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 okay. For the purposes of right now. Am I wrong, actually? Well, you're not wrong, but... I'm kind of doing the, like, there's another release I'm really excited about, which I'll talk about here. Oh, I get that. And then there's going to be the, like, what I really want to talk about, I'm going to save okay. for, like, a few minutes. minutes yeah, now. 20 minutes from now. Um, <laughs> Fuck but okay. should I take my money? God damn that Nurgle team. Holy yeah. shit, that looks good. Yeah, the Blood Bowl yeah. team that got launched at Games Day Dusseldorf, um, the Nurgle Rotters or whatever. Yeah. Holy balls, those are probably the best looking models in Blood Bowl range, and that's saying something. Because there's some good looking plastics. Yeah, it is. They're so good. And, like, for me, I love. I don't know if any of you guys have seen the movie Wizards. It was the same guy that. The same director and animator that did the. Hobbit? The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. But it's this, like, weird, like, post-apocalyptic kind of fantasy, kind of sci-fi. Um, That's dating back a long time, just so you know. Yeah, from the 70s, <laughs> with, like, a amazing, like, jazz funk soundtrack throughout the whole thing. And some of the mutants have this exact same aesthetic as this new Nurgle team. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite movies yep. of all time. And so I'm just looking at it, just like, oh, oh yeah. The, like, bucket head thing they got going on is awesome. Yeah. Like, so you've seen the movie, Mike, but have you, Steve? No. So you at least know, like, Peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look exactly like fucking Peace, oh, yeah. which no, is no. so cool. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just saying there's going to be a lot of people that don't know what you're talking about, because it was, it, it's it's pretty old. Well, yeah, it's a lot older than I am. Yeah. I think Not everyone at this table was alive when that movie was released, Mike. Screw you too, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it's a cool movie, and the aesthetic, it just has this, like, really cool, it's, like, ramshackle... And, like, pretty fucked up looking, but still, like, kind of cartoony, a little comical, but not pushing that line too far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it, too. And following suit with every other Blood Bowl release, it's not hyper-detailed. Yeah. Like, it's not like those stupid Death Guard models that look gorgeous, and I know that I never want to paint them. Yeah. Oh, I don't think they do yeah. a lot of work. But, no, these, these Rotters, they have that balance of they look badass, but they're not excessively busy. Like... Yeah. They only have mild stomach issues. <laughs> well, they got some fucked up stomachs, but they don't have, like, fucked up stomachs and then tubes 
and then horns, and then nurglings, and then trim, and then little, like, vials of shit, Definitely and then, the like, slime. chains. Don't forget the slime. And, and then, then slime. And then robes that somehow magically turn into smoke by the end of the robes. Yes, because yeah. they're just showing off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what they're showing off, you know? They're, they're gorgeous models. When you paint them up, paint them up well, models. oh my god, some of them are absolutely stunning. And I just want to say, too, they are, even though it is the same painter as most of the other Forge World Studio stuff, I think this is probably some of the best work he's done um, because a lot of the I find a lot of the Forgeville models the paint job doesn't necessarily show off the sculpt, but these ones I can actually I feel like I can tell what the details sculpted on the model are. Yeah, there's not like manually painted on texture um, or anything else that is like distracting from the actual sculpt, which is really good to see. Yep, I agree. They're nice. Uh, who's next? You are me. Okay, well I, mine is ridiculous because mine's just going to be basically everything from Warhammer Fest. <laughs> it wasn't a bad thing in there in my mind. So, uh, if I have to pick one, though... As S- since when do we ever have to pick one? Oh, God, I know, right? Okay, so there... But if it's the one, if it's the one, don't say it, because we're talking no, about I'm that No, I'm not going to say that one, because it's actually... You know me. It's not my thing. But number one is definitely Rogue Trader. Uh, Rogue Trader looks just the miniatures for it. Again, we were talking about the Nurgle side of things, and these ones are definitely more on the busy side of things, um, without a doubt. But, like... The Nurgle stuff is ridiculously cool. There are some models in there, like they've got with like the, I don't even know what like these giant fleas. Even did you even notice those in the back? Yeah, they have yeah. like these weird giant bugs and stuff. Like these huge bugs, the the flying maggots, and then the the dude with the like the Nurgle stuff is super cool. There's a guy that's got like a tyranid claw going on, which I'm interested to see what they're doing there. But then the other thing that was interesting is the rogue trader models. Holy shit, those are cool. Yeah, like, that, they've got, like, some sort of, like, um, I don't even know what, like, almost like a, a like, the uh, Vatican-style guard going on. Like, they look really cool. Yeah, it is that very Baroque, yeah, over-the-top, yeah. imperi- like, high-gothic imperial noble mm-hmm. kind of stuff that you don't see very often. Yeah, and, like, the, I don't even know which one's the actual rogue trader, because they have, like, three characters. It's, there's there's an assassin, it looks like a death cult assassin in there, too, in the picture. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a... a surgeon in the back dude with the weird feathered hat and then like some sort of tech priest looking guy the more like heavily armored looking woman is the rogue trader yeah i know i think i know what you're talking about she's the one that's got the the feathers yeah okay because she was the one in the video which is actually a really cool video I don't, I don't know if you her. watched it, but it was kind of like uh, cartoon panels, and it was really telling a story more than it was showing off models. They had a lot of those trailers for Malign Portents and some of the AOS, mm-hmm. and now they're starting to do them for 40k more as well. Yep. And most of them are quite well done. Yep. Either way, that kit looks just... every Like, every single model in there is, is interesting, which is impressive for a, mo- a, a game that's going to have, like, just general sort of mooks. You know what I mean? Like, there, there are line sort of troopers in there, but every single one of them is individual and super cool. And there's two things about that release that I'm really jazzed about, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more later when it comes out, but uh, one, all those models have rules for 40K. Yep. At least that's what they say right now, how they fit into a detachment and not narrative play. Interested, interested, but don't care, really, either way. Not really. No. The other one that's cool, it is a new kill zone. Kill team. No, kill zone, because the kill zones are... A cow zone? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a pizza, but flipped over. Cool. Um, it's honestly not even that far off because like a regular kill zone is like has the infinite boundary. Okay. Whereas this is basically giving you a kill zone that's on a ship. 
So it has different. Well, it doesn't have. Rules. It has two places you can play. There's like Correct. a forest and a and the ship's confines themselves. Yeah, and the the ship's confines have their own rules because in Kill Team, all of the different kill zones have different special rules and mm-hmm. charts for shit that can happen. And so for this one, it's giving you additional rules, much like if you bought the shitty-looking Eldar terrain one that's coming out. I will not. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you buy, like, the main book has its own rules for that specific zone. Yeah. Uh, The Mechanicus stuff has its own rule for that specific zone, and so does the Crates. Interesting. The Minotaurum one. So each different environment that you play in in Kill Team has different rules. So, like, if you're playing on a Death World, and you roll a 5, the entire table is dangerous terrain, even open ground. That's cool. Which is, I believe it's just Because you just get malaria and die. I believe the result on the chart is called, We Made a Mistake. That's <laughs> awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I like about this, too, is is I like the fact that GW's pushing not just, like, a male-centric narrative anymore. Like, the main character in this is a Lucia Vane or whatever. Um, and it's not, like, an overly sexualized woman. That's no. cool. That's, that's just good to see, I think, for the hobby in general. Yeah, I think they're doing a much better job of mixing that stuff up. And from the Age of Sigmar starter through to 40k, like it is, and with Sisters of Battle on the horizon, which hopefully get rid of like the again the battle heels or battle corset. Yeah, like if they tone a lot of that stuff down, yeah, I think it's a good aesthetic direction for the games for sure. Absolutely. Okay, and then this is a very quick one because I like I said I, I couldn't pick just one, but the endless spell bull, which. A lot of people, myself included, are going chaos dwarves. Yep. Question mark. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that could be good. Because who the fuck else would use a spell with Who's a bowl sp- like a flaming bowl like that? That's very chaos dwarf looking. Yeah, no, I didn't say it was, but I'm just saying there are other options. Out there. there are. But yeah, I, but I hope you're wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like I, you I, probably hope you're wrong. I do. Regardless of what people may believe, I do really enjoy agreeing with you, yeah. but I hope you're fucking wrong as shit. <laughs> Although, maybe I hope you're not, because then I don't have to buy another army. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Oh, God. We'll talk about that later, too. Might I guess. be a general one, too. We don't know. Yeah, they said it dovetails in with a rule. Either way, that endless spell looks super cool. Yeah. And I assume that in uh, Games Day UK, like the full-on Games Day, which is usually in September... They will probably be uh, pulling the covers off of the army that accompanies said bull. Yeah, and yeah, my money's on chaos dwarves. If it's, e- but even if it is beastmen, that like the way they've been doing their sculpts lately, I don't think it's going to be the old beastmen. No, those old basic gores kind of look like balls, and this model looks really good. Yeah, that'll be good. I kind of want um, an army of them. And uh, th- this is not shut up and take my money, but in terms of sculpts, blood angels and tempter. Oh, it looks yeah. so good. The Heresy Blood Angel stuff looks really good, too. I'm Actually, glad to see that they're just finally moving on with the Heresy and preparing for Book 8. Yep. Yeah. Because it's, really, been, it's been a slow couple years. I really want that Contemptor just to add to my small Blood Angels force, because their Blood Angels are fun to paint. And they're technically 30k. I forgot yep. you had Blood Angels. Yeah, I've got a Vanguard detachment. <laughs> I can play them. <laughs> I completely forgot that you had those. I'm like two Smash Captains away from a competitive Blood Angels force. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just two assholes with jump packs and thunder hammers, and away you go. And take them with your knights, and you're good to go. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, that's me. Uh, what am I excited about? I'm excited about Reavers and Warhounds, and of course the Nurgle Blood Bowl team. Are you buying nothing uh, new? Or are you just or Nurgle team? Or are you just are you just now in Titanicus zone? I mean, I mean that's the ones that get the first, but of course that's not going to stop me from buying everything else. But that's the most <laughs> pressing. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's right. The Warhounds aren't out yet. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warhounds. Yeah. The yeah, Warhounds Reavers. are a couple months off. We talked off. about that at length. The Reavers are a month or two off. I think the Warhounds are supposedly like more like three. Yeah, you're right. Warhammer Fest uh, showed the Warhounds in pretty yeah. good detail. Yeah. And yeah, so that is that is a really good point. Um, is there anything else? You're just you're just suffering from. I'm it. just gonna leave that for the, the Tom section in 20 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god! Because <laughs> you have you have more of them ready to go than he does right you, now. No, I don't know. I think he has more painted than I do by far. 40k. If stuff. you talk about old paint jobs, I have way more painted. No. Okay, but you new paint jobs. You got, not you, got so a, you got a fighter plane that looks really good. Anyways, Dan. Um, I will definitely echo Mike's sentiment on Reaver and Warhound class Titans because they're fucking awesome looking. So the wait just a second, the Reavers are out. No, the Reavers no. are not. No, they're not. When are they coming out? I think next month. Next month. It sounded like they were going to do one, month. one kit a month oh, okay. for uh, the classes of Titans. So like the Warlords and the Knights were available at launch uh, in the box or separately. I think next which month will be next month will be the Reaver and then the Warhound, which. Um, that sprue wasn't even ready un- until, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, the reason they didn't show them at some of the previous events was because they literally did not have models to gotcha. show yet. Okay. Um, so those just recently got done up. Um, like, some of the studio models we've seen the last few weeks were models that were, like, made for the first time, like, a month or two ago. Gotcha. So those are brand new. They're a little bit of a ways off, but... Luckily, those models do seem to have a few more weapons on the sprues than... It's not like the Warlord, where they have one gun. Like... There's most of the weapons in the box. The Warhounds have at least a little bit of everything. The Reavers have, like, half the guns. Do they have a Vulcan Mega Bowler? The, uh, the Warhounds do. Do they have a Plasma Obliterator? Uh, not, they have a Plasma, Plasma Blaster. Plasma Blaster? That's the one. Yes, The Obliterator is on the, the... The Plasma Annihilator the is the Warlord Titan one that doesn't have a model yet and may or may not be on the upgrade sprue whenever it comes out. They keep doing the whole, like, wink-wink, nudge-nudge thing when talking about the Warlord weapon sprues. I'm just like, tell me what's on it so I can build my models. I, uh, I want to know if I need to, like, make I kind of want a Warhound right now, the the current book that I'm reading, the <laughs> Lords of Mars series. There's a Warhound that, like, runs into the middle of another enemy uh, unit of Titans and just, like, side blasters two of them at the same time. Vulcan Mega Bolters at, like, point blank. It's pretty awesome. Nice. <laughs> I, want, I want, a, want a Warhound. Yeah. I think the Warhounds will be a lot of fun just because they are a lot faster than the other knights and... Well, the Legion that I want to do should have a lot of Warhounds anyway. They'll combo nicely with the Reaver for one of the Maniples, where whenever the Warhounds knock the shields down, the Reaver gets a free shot. So, um, yeah, I I very much want to combo up on that a little bit. But anyway, so yeah, that that, uh, Titanicus stuff is on there as well. And um, I guess the other thing that's a little bit different from what Mike said is uh, the gentleman that runs Gadgets Plus, which is a Shapeway store where you can get uh, some of the Knight upgrade kits, um, I've been chatting with him a little bit about whether or not he's going to do Titanicus scale upgrades for the Knights and Titans. And basically he's saying, like, yeah, I bought the models. We'll see what happens. But he's interested. So cool. there could potentially be, like, the Power Fist for the Knights or the Missile Hat for the Knights or some of the weapon option options that don't exist yet. Uh, they might be available as, like, little purchases down the road, which would be super cool. Or even just, yeah, getting some of the weapons that you don't get enough of in the box. Yeah, Knight Gallons are the best. Just straight up, you need more. You need more gallons. Which ones are the gallons? Those are the ones with power fist chainsword. Because <laughs> in the forty first millennium, fuck ranged weapons. <laughs> Just go dual melee. Yup. Yeah, because it's legal and it would be cheap, and they would fuck up vehicles up close. Yep. So yeah. And it's just like Leroy Jenkins yelling for the emperor. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> 
I honestly do maintain three gallants with uh, House Terran might be the funnest army to play because you are Leroy Jenkins with Landstrider. You're just like, I'm going to charge everything in range. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Yeah. But, so I think that'll probably do it for now. And, oh, and possibly, possibly, if I can get my hands on any of... Because uh, there's, there's a number of people that are doing uh, like third-party epic scale miniatures like Contemptors and random other stuff like that. So I, I'm tempted to get my hands on a little bit of that to do basing for the Titans and shit. Yeah. Because that'd be pretty cool if they were striding over like the hulks of 40k scale vehicles to like help reinforce the scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And I do have my old uh, epic orcs. With a Gargant and some Stompos, so... Who knows? Could be a thing, you never know. Gotta be fun. Alright, so... um, Just because I like holding off on all of my joy for a little bit longer... um, Let's talk a little bit about some 40k. um, And some 40k tournament stuff. Because I read an article on... And I can't fucking remember if it was Balls or... Yeah, Bella Souls had one. It was Balls, where they were... um, The guy was basically... And, like, I read it, and it wasn't a perfect argument, but there was one point. But there was one point about it where what he was saying was, if we're wanting to think about 40K as a competitive game, Mm -hmm. um, we really need to think about, like, the points that go into the codexes and into the rules that are made, and that the game is meant to be played with the the scenarios in the rulebook. And so things like uh, the, the Maelstrom cards which all the different codexes have their own specific objectives and seemingly their game is written for might actually be the best way to play it competitively, even though it seems random. And it kind of got me thinking of just like, because I've been playing a handful more ITC games and they, they feel a lot to me like um, War Machine Steamroller, mm-hmm. where it's one of those scenarios where it's like, yeah, it's clean, but it's how clean of a scenario it is almost makes it feel sterile. Yeah. And you can, I do actually agree with that point. And you can build your lists for that without really having to think about any other variables so, outside of those very specific parameters. I agree with, uh, with a lot of that. One of the things that uh, does need to be mentioned is we were talking about this article right before the new uh, ITC scenarios came out. They yeah, they have, released those like a day later. Yeah, which has nothing to do with, with the article. They've been working on that in a while to tweak things. The, the um, survey for what players wanted uh, went out a while before that. So the big changes were a lot of the things that people were doing to build their armies to get around things, like the whole, I'm going to take a mortar in my guard squad so I don't give up the reaper, because I'm not 10-man units. I'm now a 9-man unit, because a mortar squad counts as a single model with two wounds. Oh, so that shit is like, cheeky. Shit like that. Now the way those particular um, uh, side or secondary objectives work is it's every 20 models destroyed, you get a point. It's designed to combat hordes, works that way. So they've, they've tweaked things to clean that up. They've stopped uh, a lot of units from giving up double points, like uh, knights giving up Titan Slayer plus King Slayer, that kind of thing. Yep, and, and they, they got rid of bullshit like gangbusters, uh, gangbusters that so, was just really impossible to make balance. Oh yeah, you, the fact that Nurglings gave up gangbusters is hilarious. Like if you took a big unit of Nurglings, you were just like, well, they're they're my gangbusters choice, and I will kill them instantaneously and get four points. Like, shit like that. Yeah. And they did actually put in, um, one of the things that was interesting is, I can't remember the name of the secondary now, because we well research our podcasts, um, but there is a... We'll objective. put it in the show notes, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're a higher level podcast. Yeah. The details is not what we want to get stuck in. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a 30,000 foot uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
We're, well, we're managerial podcast. <laughs> Shit. Uh, they, have a, they have an objective now. If you hold four objectives at the end of the game, you get four points. Last yeah. player turn. So they do have sort of like the, the typical GW scenario that we played for years. Whoever is standing the objective at the end of the game wins. Yeah. Uh, they, they added that in. It's not quite wins, but a bit of a homage to that. So, yes, your point, though, is that they're sterile, and I could not agree more. I actually think the Maelstrom uh, objectives are more fun. However, it kind of feels like a little bit like if you were playing a, a, a tennis match and the lines moved on you when I play Maelstrom. Like if I'm playing competitively and it's all things being equal, it, there's a he- way bigger element of chance in there where I didn't get the right cards and I don't have the command point to get rid of this or I want to do a command, spend a command point in my army to do something. Um that stratagem kind of makes like guard farms a little bit better at those scenarios in my mind. Yeah. So the thing for me is that, um, when I think about it and the reason why I think it's so interesting and I read through all the comments on this blog or on this uh, post, there's probably about 52,000. There's a lot. And interestingly enough, outside of North America, most people play maelstrom. Yep. And one of the things that I kept reading, which did resonate with me a lot was when you start Building your list for Maelstrom, you see the skews go away because uh, no, not not completely, but you find you have to have a slightly more rounded army mm-hmm. to be able to be more actively competing in more of the Maelstrom cards. So yes, there's a randomness of the Maelstrom cards that will potentially fuck you, but when you're creating your army where you've got a good assortment of all the different unit types that can do all the different kinds of things, you get a you're building for the Maelstrom instead of building for ITC. See, they, which now, is, but that is kind of interesting because one of the one of the things that they've tried to do with the new ITC missions, and it was specifically mentioned, uh, like in their f- survey feedback, is that players really don't like any objectives that um, dictate what you're taking in your army. Yeah. So, like the players in North America, at least, are very against that concept. Like they want to be able to take just whatever is the most most math efficient murder machine possible. Yeah, I think there's there's an element to that so, too. But like, I, I mean, the thing that I, that I would push back on that is I think Maelstrom actually pushes builds in a certain direction. Like, if you want to go, uh, if you're going to put a Psyker in your army, are you really going to do that? Because that's an easy Maelstrom point. There's that kill a Psyker uh, card, right? There's a couple of those in there, or deny a psychic power, or whatever. Uh, if you want to just um, hamstring somebody and they pull two of the psychic based Maelstroms, or they're playing an army that kind of has that. Uh, a lot more like I think the Zinch uh, specific um, Maelstrom cards add some more psychic specific ones. If I just don't bring any psychers, I don't give up those points. But aren't there also aren't there also cards for cast a psychic power and get a point? Yeah, but I'm saying for myself, if I don't have that uh, cast a psychic power get a point card, I'm not sure if that's in the main deck. It might be. And there is that thing where if the card is impossible to achieve, you can redraw. Yeah, yeah. But it's so, still, for my opponent, if they get that particular thing or they have they skew towards that, I can get rid of that. So I can look at what the, like, let's say knights are the most powerful right now. I can look at their specific um, extra maelstrom objectives and tailor my list to not give up those points. Or they have to redraw for something else that's maybe harder for them to get. So I think, yes... And the, the thing is, it's an element of chance. Like, with the ITC, the way it used to be is you could just straight up build a list and there was no chance about that. You wouldn't give up those maelstrom points or secondaries with the maelstrom stuff that's just kind of mitigated but at the same time like you get a bad hand and your opponent gets a super easy hand like that sucks so the one of the things that 
even if you're out playing your opponent. Yeah. So one of the things that I find really interesting is it's kind of like an age-old argument in what makes a more tactical game. Is it that game that you can fully control from the ground up? Yep. Or is it that game where how you respond to variables you can't control and your ability to do so, like what is actually a, a greater tactical challenge? I think I think when the variables are minimized, in all honesty, is it, it like let's let's put it this way: chess. The only variable is who goes first. Do you want to play chess or do you want to play forty k? Well, that's that's a much more competitive game and it's a much more fair and balanced game, right? Yeah, but we're not playing chess, are we? I agree. I agree. But when you start pushing towards a more competitive play, I think it feels bad when you just straight up lose on something completely out of your control. You know what, man? I'm gonna put I don't think a Maelstrom objective card is going to cost you the game because of one card. Yeah. No, but it, like if, you're, if your final I, score actually, is... If it, I could just say something for a second. I think the difference between the two is the Maelstrom looks for a balanced all-round builds, whereas the ITC tends to go for the elite cut your throw. You can both be competitive in both, but it's the type of build that is being generated by ITC is one way. And Maelstrom is the other way. So it, it it's all about playstyle preference. We're not saying anything is right or wrong, but the way the ITC does it, I have to have the elite killing machine. It has to be mathematically this way, and that's how you do it. Whereas the Maelstrom is, is okay, let's build a balance army. Let's be able to adjust for anything so we can do anything. I don't think either one is more or less. They're just two ways of looking at it. Yeah, I'm not sure I totally agree with the uh, ITC being like the more elite killy stuff, because right now hordes in the ITC are super powerful, like the Zinch Zangor horde. Because of the math, because of the calculations to make it elite, doesn't mean, horde doesn't mean you're not elite. It just means you're taking a different size army and a different variation. Yeah, and one of the things that I, so I hear this chess argument all the fucking time. Yeah. And the reason why I think it's bullshit when talking about 40k or wargaming in general is that imagine chess if you could say, I don't want to take pawns. I only want to take bishops and rooks. Yeah. Or I only want to take knights. A little on the nose there. Yeah. Right? You have... <laughs> <laughs> so you're taking... The reason why chess is such a good game is because it's perfectly comped. Yeah, but that's the entire point with with uh, with 40k is you can't just take knights. No. You'd have to then take... Okay, so I can... I well, can but you can to... basically just take knights. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we're, what are we talking about? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you can, can use rooks. You, you can take just knights. But there's a lot of... Especially, look at the... The one that really kind of cracked this open for me was the uh, Barry Open. Okay. Where that was a list that was atypical to the previous winners of different tournaments where you kind of saw a bit of a mix of everything. Command points were really important to a lot of lists that were winning. Yeah. That list had three. Three command points or, or four? No, no, way more than that. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. It had it had a, a three points from the um, the three knights. points base. Oh, sorry, three points from the knights. Three bases, so six. Uh, no, maybe and then seven. Also had a battalion. Which did not are, a battalion. Which army are we talking about? The Death Guard army. Don Husson's. It okay. would have had a supreme command at minimum two. But it did not have a battalion. Uh, okay. Because the only it did not have a single troop choice in that army. Yeah. Uh, it had a okay, so it had a spearhead. It had the three plague burst crawlers. Yeah. Um, plus a I think a demon prince to give them re rolls to one. It had a unit of ten terminators. Unit of ten terminators. It had the armager helverans plus a uh, crusader or a knight with dual avenger gatling cannons, and then it had I think that was it. It might have had cultists, man. 
I don't think it did. Either way, it I'm had... I'm pretty sure the only infantry in the army were the ten Terminators. Yeah, that's from what I remember. Okay, so... Uh, well, still, we're arguing about... So maybe point. seven, but seven like a much lower number than most, a lot of people thought was competitive. Yeah. And it had a list that was very... You know, like... And we can talk about the nuance of like whether it was cool or not, but like for me, it read me the kind of wrong way. You thought it was cool and it was creative. Cool. Um, whatever. Difference of opinion. Yeah. Fine. Um, but when I think about... Like I, I look at that list and it's there aren't any pawns. Nope. I don't. I, you're not wrong. And you're not so, wrong there. so one of the things that like, if we want to use this chess argument when talking about competitive wargaming, yeah. Why do we talk about the clean rule set and not talk about the comp? Well, that's the thing though. Is is chess is inherently comped? If I took, if you take the exact same army as me in 40k. That's totally reasonable. We're playing the same game, same number of models, same abilities. But we're whatever. not. But that's why points exist. And that's why they continually tweak points. Is if I get rid of all my pawns, I can buy one other rook. Because pawns are shitty. But points will never be made equal. No, but it certainly does a hell of a good job getting uh, getting you most of the way there. And I'm not, I'm not making the argument that 40k can be chess. Yes, there are inherent differences. My only point is... Like, it's just like... Uh, you're playing a game of golf, and a, you get a gust of wind, right? The guy behind you might not have that gust of wind. There are random elements to other competitive sports. Yeah. However, you all play the same course. You all play the same format. If my format that in a particular round, I draw, I don't know, you have, let's say, a huge horde army, and I draw only objectives in your backfield, and you get uh, hold your objectives that you get to stand on, right? Yeah. Cool. Sweet. That was fun. I think it's bad for, I think it's good for narrative play when people have that expectation of let's just have fun because I think it's way more fun. I think the open deck uh, cards are great. My point is, is when you're playing competitively and you're trying to win, things that are completely out of your control are not fun. So when the dice go bad, that's basically the same thing. And if you just rolled ones all game, that would suck. But here's, here's the counter argument that I would like to make. Um, more more gaming specific. Mm-hmm. Blood Bowl. Sure. Okay. Blood Bowl has so much more random shit in it because of how Especially when Tom and I play each other. Oh dear God, that was wild. But like very specifically, you're looking at two consecutive D six rolls can fuck you. Yep. And that's there's if a lot you more variation. Rolls. There's a lot more variation. You still at most events you go to see the same guys at the top. Yeah, I, which it was often the argument for 40k being you know a competitive game is that you see often see the similar guys at the top. I'd also I would guarantee you those guys at the top are trying to minimize the the randomness of those lists because everybody that's at the top is always trying to minimize randomness. Not in Blood Bowl. Okay, well then Blood Bowl's uh, unicorn but, that makes no sense. Sure, fine. It's unicorn that makes no, no, sense. No, no, but you, they may not be minimizing the rules, but they know what to do to avoid the rules. Maybe. Yeah, and that's or, done through movement and playing. And the other, and everything else. And the other argument there is poker, where obviously you can't remove the cards from the game, but you're obviously trying to like leverage certain situations and build situations that work in your favor. Like, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of games where it's it's the like what you do to mitigate, like mitigating the luck and the randomness by setting things up properly yep. is like a huge part of the tactical challenge. For and sure. we're we're getting way off base like if a tournament if tournaments tomorrow decided that they wanted to go and use maelstrom like all across the world i'd still play i still think it's fun 
that's not my that's not the argument that I'm making. Here. I still wouldn't play because I will never finish painting anything. Your Raven Guard aren't bad. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, like it doesn't make any sense to me. None. Uh, Raven Guard are probably the best Marine chapter out there. But I have one of everything, and that's so bad now. <laughs> Disagree entitled. Uh, <laughs> um, but the thing is, I think it's not fun for mid-tier players, which I would consider myself a mid-tier player. I think when I am barely in a game, because I'm a mid-tier player, and I end up with shitty cards that my opponent doesn't have, and there's nothing I can do about it, that sucks. Yeah, I think, honestly, so we've talked a lot about like some of the merits and whatever else. The, the real punchline for me is that I look at our local 40k scene, mm-hmm. and it's almost exclusively ITC. Yep. What I would love to see is for our communities and metas, if you will, yeah. embrace variety in your events. And that's the other thing that actually should be noted is ITC, and this, this is the ITC scenarios are not synonymous with the ITC rankings, right? And that's a, that's a big thing that I think a lot of people in North America don't really think about is you can run whatever format you want. As long as you submit scores in a format in that a works into their spreadsheet. Yeah, as long as you basically put people 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 down the list. Yeah, and I think it's it's it's, some, it's a feature that does kind of speed up the death of some game systems. Like, granted, there's still a shitload of people playing X-Wing and enjoying it, but for me it kind of became fairly stale when there is no scenario. It's always the exact same mission, the exact same format, which for a while it was very much, in my mind, the strength of Fantasy Flight, like... They made everything very uniform. Yep. You could go play anywhere and know what the rules are, and it was yep. very easy. But it did get really dull very quickly for me. Well, that's the thing I think about tournament play, and what a lot of people um, don't really realize is tournament play and organized play is only one facet of miniature games. Like, if you really want to just go play strictly competitive games, you should probably look at not playing 40K. I heard somewhere that there may, in fact, be three ways to play. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly it, right? Like, I think if you're going to play a match play game, which, like, that's the other thing, too, is we don't have to play with points, right? You don't have to. It makes it easier. And it, I was going to say, it, it starts to suck a little bit because people, it, it gets a little, you need a framework, and I think scenarios are part of that framework. But if you, if you come into that game with a bit of a different understanding of, hey, let's have a fun game. This is my army that has this theme and this story and go back a little bit to the way Wargaming used to be, a little bit more role-playing kind of thing. Um, that can be super fun. You don't have to play ITC all the time. And you can still have events yep. and tournaments yep. that embrace that side. Yep. And I think that the when I talk to guys that have really healthy scenes for whatever game they play, yep. they have a mixture. So one of the guys I know from uh, Virginia, from the War Machine crowd, every month they run an event. One month it's a steamroller, the next month it's something different. Yeah. And they have a very active and healthy community where everyone's coming out and playing games all the time. Because it's no longer creating this us versus them. Are we competitive or are we casual? When the reality is, we just like playing games. Yeah, totally. And having that spread where everyone can go to everything and have a good time is way better than every tournament we have is ITC lit or scenarios. Because that's... It gets boring. Oh, I agree with that 100%. I do, again, personal opinion, I think... Uh, if you're going to go to the Las Vegas Open and you paid a ton of money to be there and you're competing for the top tables and you get mails from thrown at you. But that's the Las Vegas Open. Exactly. Not like Dice Club down the road. Exactly. I agree. You know? I totally agree. And I also think that you brought up Europe and the rest of the world for how they play 40K. 
Um, one of the things that's always been uh, sort of purported by the European players is they're ahead of the North American scene, right? They have better players. They play the game better because they've typically done better at international events through Wargaming. That's really shifted in the last few years. Um, I think Europe has a lot more of like the old school Wargamer side of things, right? Where they don't have the what's the best math, like what you were saying, Mike. Yeah. What's the best math list? I think they have a lot more of like the this is how you play a war game. We can play Maelstrom. We still have good players. It's fine. And they still compete up there. So I think that idea, they're a little bit more okay with those sort of things. Yeah. And, um, and ultimately it's what I want the takeaway from this is that really any way to play is okay. Yeah. But if you only play one way, it's going to get old fast. And also plug here. Has anybody here played the Open War deck for 40K? Not yet. Not that. I played it for uh, AOS, though. It's good, right? Yeah. It's a lot of fun. The In fact, I prefer it. It also takes away a lot of shit. You don't have to read 20 times. You flip the card, this is the setup. You flip the card, this is the objective. You flip the card, this is the secondary. You flip the card, is he an underdog? He gets it. I maintain that the uh, pickup games, that is the best way to play a pickup game. Right. The open war deck is fantastic. The ruses are hilarious, mm-hmm. and the instant death scenarios are great if you want to play with somebody that's starting out that doesn't have but, a But yeah, that's the other thing. If you're the underdog, you might have a ruse that will actually stop somebody from winning the game. Yeah. Yeah. Or tipping it to your side, right? Yeah. Open yeah, war. I need fantastic. to pick that up because it looks like it'll be really cool. It's awesome. Again, if I went to a tournament, Las Vegas Open, and there was open war, not so sure about that. But if you went to like Thunderground, <laughs> yep, and there was for a, 10 man a one day ten man I'm thing, hundred percent. I have no problem playing that. And to be fair, this is why Vegas doesn't really ever appeal to me. You know, they have tournaments that play Maelstrom, right? No, and open war. No, yeah, but uh, they sell it faster. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's but, also because there's eighty players instead yeah, of six hundred. This but, is my point. The the reason why you go to this yes. is to play the big ITC special blah 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 yeah. 400 people and to me that's like eh, nah well that's what not at all this is totally in fact it's the opposite we like, have two two friends yeah. of ours that we we know that are going to be going and playing the friendly and it's maelstrom yeah yeah so just just a heads up yeah it's just no excuse as well the second year in a row actually there's no excuse mike yes sir or you can go play <laughs> it just doesn't appeal to me and plus i don't drink like i used to anymore you don't have to yeah there's great food this yeah. <laughs> and margaritas. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so I can't hold it any longer. Okay. October! Yes! <laughs> I I don't blame you. That is the correct reaction after being the second last code. Or, yeah, second last second codex. codex yeah. Second, second last codex. codex. I was like, at first, when I saw that Blood Angel shit leaking, my blood started to boil. Yeah. A little bit. And then the video came out. Yes, which was the greatest <laughs> advertising campaign in all of GW history ever. It was Luxury, like a elegance, DACA. <laughs> it was like a Lexus car commercial for buggies. Yes, it was so good. And like the wrench, the little wrench, like tapping it. Like how do you fix it? Yeah, bigger wrench. <laughs> of course, because uh, you're an orc, you just oh. smash it the fuck apart. Yeah, and oh my god, like it's one of those things where not only am I excited about it because new orc models. Dear God. Do you remember how many times we complained about, you know what they need to do? New buggies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Mike and I have had that conversation like a hundred times. But it's not even just that they're doing it, uh, like the new buggies, but the fact that Games Workshop is leaning hard into Orktober. Yes. With the hashtag and everything. Yes. It just. Yes. It, it warms the cockles of my very green heart. Okay. So now the real question is which of the vehicles do you like more? Do you like the shock attack dragsta? 
Or the what's the other one? The you are a like, bastard for making me choose. <laughs> <laughs> what's the other one? Like the kill Boosta Bursta Buggy or something? They have insane names. They have yeah. the correct names. I believe. The most <laughs> correct. Um, and like the, at the end of the day, you know, I'm buying two of that box. Oh, easily, if not six. Because well, you're playing orcs. The only reason I'm not buying six is because it sounds like the multi-part kit is going to be like, bunkers! Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. These might be like the yeah the simplified like starter set versions of the multi-part kit that comes out later. Well, hopefully they're cheaper because the thing that, that interests me always about... So I've never, never been a huge orc fan, except I do like speed freaks. Speed freaks are cool. They've always been cool. The fact that you used to have the rule where you could paint them red, you literally got to move your bikes 13 inches instead of 12, was super cool. You actually cool. paid points for that? Did you actually for a yeah, you job? Did. You okay. Did. Either way, you had to. It made no sense. I never to. took it personally because I played Death Skulls, <laughs> and we don't paint that shit red. <laughs> I took it. <laughs> <laughs> but Speed Freaks have always been cool, and the fact that they're doing like they've got like a really like like almost like an indie car style chassis, like they're low to the ground, so meets a. 30s like hot rod no plus they are dirt fucking rat rotted as fuck dude well they're not really the, rat rod is they're way more ramshackle than a rat rod a rat rod is supposed nah, to be this not is like ramshackle. no 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 imagine if you will like southern hillbilly like alabama rat well, rods I, they're not rat they're rods. not a rat rod is like an art piece these aren't art pieces. These look like a dirt track. No, but like a good rat there, rod. It's an art. It's but like a, a good rat rod is an art piece that looks like garbage. I I disagree. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. The, they like, like they lean into the patina. Really, they this lean is into what the you're going to argue about. Yes, and when it comes to cars, yes. <laughs> but like it's, ugh. I just point I, is, I love point is everything they're doing. Can we, just, can we just say Fury Road and move yeah. on? Uh, yes. No, yes. <laughs> not just move on because on top of this, they're talking about Tom's about to cry. If you there can. being you, several. <laughs> I'm so happy. Several other new kits. Yeah. And, like, if you look at the backgrounds of the photos, there's, like, this big orc monstrosity thing. Yep. There's a really good chance that we're going to be seeing a prime orc. Yeah, which is hilarious. If you haven't read the, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the series now, but it takes place in, like, M33, like, after oh, the, the... Beast Arises. Beast Arises, yeah, the prime orcs. Which sounds like a porno, but that's regardless. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It kind of So is. many one-eyed monsters. Um, yeah, so basically the idea is you would have... Uh, like a Wraith Knight style size kit, something as big as an as an Imperial Knight equivalent to in terms of ability is like Reboot Gilliman. Like they're supposed to be like a Primarch orc cybernetic controls like massive sectors of space for an orc wall. Well, in yeah. Gasgol on steroids, and Gasgol may be the Primarch. And in one of the Horus Heresy books that I've long since forgotten which one it was, but it's telling a bunch of short stories where there was basically, it was like an orc Dyson sphere. Yeah. Full of these, yeah, these like knight-sized cyborgs. And Which the is emperor, hilarious. And the emperor the just about, make it to that t- level of technology. And the emperor almost gets killed by them, yeah. and Horus has to like lead the spearhead charge to go rescue the emperor's ass so he doesn't get killed by these things. Yeah, because that's the entire reason why they have the parade on what the hell is it? Why am I blanking on? Eleanor? Eleanor, isn't that the... the AKR Armageddon? Yeah, isn't that the heart of the uh, orc... Uh, I don't remember if that was the same campaign or not, but yeah. Because they kill all the orcs, and that's the whole thing about for yeah. Ulanor. I, I can't remember if that was Ulanor or just another. Okay, we're talking too much about space marines, guys. But there was really, really <laughs> big cyborgs. Yeah. And it's, there's precedent. But seriously, it is a long time coming for this kind of, like, massive release for 40k, because up to this point, like, I think Knights might have been the most diverse release we've had. 
And that was like yeah. two new kits? Well, I, no, I, I think not Knights. It'd probably be the Primaris Marines. No, but like since the launch of, Ford, of 8th Edition. Primaris yeah. was the launch of 8th um, Edition. It's mostly, and the, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. The, basically, the, the starter set factions were the only ones that got more than like two or three kits. Yeah. Because everybody else generally got an Nothing. HQ, maybe an upgrade sprue. Nothing. Not a lot else. Like, Nurgle Demons got some love, but if you look at that in the big context of the full Demon Codex, that's not a lot. Death Guard got a bunch, too. Um, Again, launch, launch, launch Army. Army. Yeah. I, I, actually, you're, you're totally right. Like, Eldar, Dark Eldar. Um, Mechanicus. Mechanicus. Space Marines. Space Marines got real well. Everybody got a lieutenant. It's true. Um, yeah, nobody... Tyranids, yeah, nobody got anything other than really... A couple of releases here and there. Like, I think, like, because the Necron's got a new model uh, in Forgebane. Oh, shit, they got the Cryptek. And <laughs> one, one Cryptek. And one, there's a one, new... One Cryptek for you. Look at how benevolent we are. And the Tau got the new Commander or whatever the fuck it was. Which? Um, <laughs> there's, yeah, Mike, correct. Which one? Correct. Yeah. They, okay. were, they were pretty thin. Yeah, they didn't you, get you're, No, it's a good point. And that's... We were kind of talking about this before the podcast. That's why I think GW can keep up the revenue stream is because, yeah, they gave us Codex and a bunch of starter sets. But they have so many things they can touch up. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm really happy that they're like the payoff for waiting this long for the actual or Codex and Sedition is worth it. Yeah, you you managed to wait to the best time possible for sculpting and rules to get all the crazy new stuff. Yeah, like this is as good as it's ever been. Like it, yeah, yeah, this is this is awesome. This isn't fourth edition Eldar when they got a bunch of new plastic shit, right? Like the new Wraith Lord, like they still sucked. This is like. It's going to be good. And, like, the only thing that I need from Games Workshop, like, desperately need, is an official, like, what the fuck base size are Orc Boys on? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, just, yeah. just just give me a number and I'm going to work with 25 it. 25 or 32. Pick one. Whatever they come with in the box right now is what the base size is, according to them. So, but then they release Kill Team, which has a 32 mil base for the Burnas and the Ludas. What did their current kits come with? 25s. Great. So 25s is the correct answer. Because that's a different game, Kill Team. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I want it to be 32s because, like... Yeah, I agree. They look better on that base. I Yeah, I have to admit, like, doing this Death Corps Decree Commander on a on a 25 mil base or whatever, it's, it's not the same. 25 mil bases suck. I'm sorry. Maybe that's a rant for another day, but, like, you can do nothing with them. The 32s... Yeah. Unless, like, you're putting a grot on it that's like, takes up half I, of the 25. I like, was thinking about putting some, like, uh, shale and stuff to get this guy, like, out on outcropping, and it just it just doesn't doesn't make any sense. It doesn't look right. It's too small. Yeah. I look at 25 mil bases now, and I'm like, huh, where's the rest of it? Yeah, those those Fulgurite Electro Priests that are on the bigger bases, so much better. Yeah. No, like, legit. It looks so cool. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I'm so excited to see what they're going to do. I uh, can't wait to get my hands on that codex. Yep. I feel like uh, me starting up uh, the orc kill team when I did is really great timing because it's a warm up. It's almost like they planned it. Yeah, yeah. And like the color scheme I've got going on, I know I could paint large quantities quickly of boys and stuff. Uh, the one thing I'm going to say is just like just like Ward, I'll believe it when I see it, dude. The fact. What if I said it? I believe that in a you know, Steve. <laughs> Steve, are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah, you said you'd be able to paint these uh, plague bears, no problem. Yeah, but orcs were distracting me. <laughs> just saying, your track just, record is not great. 
just for 40k. <laughs> but where orcs are involved, it's always done. And Tom is generally being distracted from painting models by painting other models. Yes, that's true. That will give you the completion rate is is greater. So it's not always what he said he was going to paint, but he's painting something. Yes. I'm always painting something. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that, without a doubt. And the, Whereas Ward is a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but fuck him. Uh, yes. But seriously, Orcs, it's like, it's it feels like coming home after being away for a long time, yeah. working on these models right now. Like I get it. The only reason I'm working on the Lomachians is because I need to do that shit for the... For the game against Jay. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I totally understand it. When they do plastic aspect warriors, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Right? I get it. Right? And I did I did when when they did new plastic Wraith Guard. I was like, I will take 30 and just did them immediately. You, you did an army of them. Yes. Yeah, I get it. I totally understand. Um, like, you have a... Uh, Samhain? Yes. Samhain? Sure. Either way. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. They're it's provocative. Re- the red and white ones. Yes. The red and white ones. Which they are also go-, go faster. Yeah, which are supposed to be a bike army, and you turn them into Iannon. Yes. Because the models. In fairness, I do have quite a few bikes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but holy shit, like, I just... Man, Games Workshop, like, fuck you for doing so many things that I want. Yeah. Like, I can't... It is so hard to stay focused on, like, any any one of these things right now because like like okay kill team and then it's gonna be like 40k but there's still like new shade spires coming out right away yes, which yes, leads us into two. the third period what the fuck do we do <laughs> so i've heard a lot of podcasts or seen a lot of blog posts and people talking about like so holy shit games workshop like you guys are throwing so much at us that like how do we afford it all how do we like deal with it how do we choose what we're doing but we're hobby night in canada so let's talk for a second about some tips and strategies for how can you manage the onslaught of painting projects i was gonna say for the first desk. part ward ward's already demonstrating the first part you take more overtime shifts <laughs> <laughs> for the purchasing side yes. that really directly hinders the uh painting the hobby side. side so it's uh, really a give and well, take and then you do what I did, which is get hit in the ankle with a baseball and then take some time off of work. But because it's sick leave or whatever, then you can paint models. Yeah. There you so go. I'm thinking this is going to mostly be hot takes. And hot take number one is go on disability leave. Like <laughs> short term leave from your job is a good way to, to keep, keep up, up with your painting me. for all these new projects. Oh, I have to admit, when I, the most painting I ever got done was when I was in high school and didn't have a job. <laughs> Correct. Um, or like summer when you worked kind of casual between university yeah. semesters. Or maybe. best way to get a lot, a lot of painting done, go work at Kim's workshop. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now they let you paint your own shit. Yes. Like that would be amazing. Um, hot take number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, lower your standards. <laughs> uh, yep. That's- Dry brushing is your friend because that shit is fast. Uh, in all honesty... As much as we've we've made fun of dry brushing in the past, Mike, shut the fuck up, you asshole! I'm not talking about my oh, stuff. Isn't dry. That's, anyways, yeah, that's the point. That's I, know, I, know, I know it's the point. <laughs> it's funnier because yeah, the other the guy that said it can't be. But anyways, um, you can legitimately make an army look really good depending on what you're painting by dry brushing. Oh yeah, like if you're doing a Tyranid army and you want to paint up a hundred Gaunts and you decide to do wet blending on each one, that ain't getting done. Well, wet blending is even faster than layering. It is, but I'm saying, like, even with that, like, just fucking dry brush them. 
you're fine. They're game figs. Just fucking yes. do it. If you're painting up a hundred of them, they're not going to be in a, in a golden demon entry. And if you're trying to go for best presentation, dry brushing your gaunts is not what's going to win you presentation. Straight up. Or you mean lose you presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Lose your presentation. So it's like pick your battles. Like non-hot take, actual useful, yeah. is like prioritizing how and what you're doing stuff. So like for me... Uh, it, when I was looking at my Nurgle before I got completely sidetracked by orcs. Mm-hmm. Not you, Tom. <sighs> I went from, like, feathering the shades to washing the shades. Yes. That's another thing that's Lay actually me worth... and medium is your friend. Worth noting is if you are trying to keep up with these things and you're, you're not using an airbrush for your base coats, you should use an airbrush. If you're buying a lot of these models, and especially some of the armies that have more... Uh, infantry, you can airbrush all your base coats, get your general highlights done, and then shade. Don't highlight. Like, highlight with the airbrush, but detract color from the model. It's faster than trying to highlight up. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in here for a second, though. There are two things you have to make a choice, though, when you're talking about airbrushing. Is it more, is my time more important? Or is my speed getting things done more important? Because that's the only reason why you you would say yes or no to an airbrush. If your time is important, get an airbrush. Spend the money. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. If the money's really important, well, I guess you're just going to have to suck it up. And yep. You know what? If you strap for cash, you don't have the problem of buying all the games or shit. There we go. Which is my solution because I couldn't get Titanicus because... Come on. You don't care about it too, that, right? That's another good hot take is be too poor to actually get any of this shit. That yeah, yeah that's a good hot take. Be poor. <laughs> get a meth habit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some kind of other crippling addiction will help you not have to deal with this shit. I'm not I can get addicted lot. to painkillers. I already have prescriptions. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to... Don't. Don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> uh, but in all honesty, the amount of money that I've spent in the last month on the Mechanicus... I could probably have a pretty solid cocaine addiction. <laughs> like, I feel like the dent in my ankle is the same size as the dent in my checking account once, like, all the bills came through and I paid off my credit card. I was like, oh, there was, like, lots more money in here a week ago. What the hell just happened? Oh, it's like, oh, I bought I bought some Kill Team shit. I bought my Necromunda mm-hmm. Game War stuff that I was getting behind on. I bought these books. I bought that book. I bought Titanicus. I bought a bunch more paint. It was like, holy yep. shit. I spent like in the blink of an eye, like another four or 500 bucks yep. on the only non-GW stuff was a couple of P3 paints. <laughs> yep. Those are nice paints. But yeah. like, I didn't even spend yeah. any money on Battletech or nothing. I know. I, I, I get it. I was looking at like, uh, I'm going to pick up 25 Fulgurites because I really only need 24 for the two drills. Uh, they're $50 a box for five. The two drills are 75 pounds a pop. And then I'm going to pick up some deathcore stuff. Uh, Like, holy shit, fuck. Yeah, no, seriously, like, just do drugs. (laughs) It's cheaper. (laughs) Just do drugs. Especially, like, a month, (laughs) like, two months from now, when you can just buy your weed at the fucking grocery store, which is not actually how it works, but, like, you know what I mean. Let's go, yeah, close enough. Um, yeah, I used to, when I was working at GW, I used to make the uh, the joke, kind of half-joking sales pitch of, there's what, what way, worse ways to spend your money. Not sure that's valid anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there's some, this is a pretty terrible way to spend your money. But yeah. So, 
Uh, slightly unrelated, I just got a text from Barry saying he's in uh, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia listening to our latest podcast. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for increasing our international downloads, Barry. Yeah, it's going to be one ping from Malaysia now. Yes, there will be, there will <laughs> yeah. be one more country lit up a very pale pale yellow on our heat map. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Barry. Shout out for you. Um, but yeah, seriously, like, this is, you know, it's absurd. Like, I honestly, it's at a point now where if I wanted to actually legitimately play all of these games, I would just like so straight up simplify all of my painting. And one of the ways you can do it is do your, like, prime black, overspray mostly white, and then inks. Yep, you can do that, especially if you're playing a dirtier color scheme. Like, if you're going to do that with Eldar, that's a little tougher. If you're going to do that with Orcs, a little easier. You know what? I think with Eldar it'd be okay, to be honest. Yeah, it depends what Just you're using different inks. Don't use browns, use yellows. Sure, but over, like, smooth tank surfaces and that kind of thing, you, I, I guess you could do with an airbrush or whatever. But the point is, then you got to still buy the airbrush. One of the things I was going to say is, don't uh, be like us and not use painting services. Huh? Yeah, I guess. Pay someone else to do it because you have oh. so much surplus money after all that shit. <laughs> I, I'm with you. Like, I really enjoy painting this stuff. But if you wanted, if I wanted to play every single game, I do not have enough time. Yeah, it's straight up. It's something that crossed my mind the other day, too, where like I don't play a lot of games, but it did actually finally get to the point for me where it was like, yeah, if I wanted to keep up with the release schedule... I would have to outsource this shit. I would have to get something commission yep. painted. Uh, well, one of the things that I'm very seriously thinking of doing... Or just make Mike do it. <laughs> Hot take, like, number six or whatever. Make Mike do it. <laughs> no, but honest <laughs> to God, uh, so one of the things we're talking... We've always just talked about miniature and t- miniatures, and terrain has always been secondary. I'm very, very seriously thinking of uh, picking up those new um, Kill Team buildings or whatever that the came mm. out. can't remember what the exact kit is called. Sector Imperialis? Yeah, getting those commission painted. Yeah. Get your terrain commission. Uh, painting you terrain is so fast if you have, like, a big area that is destructible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but the thing is, even if, it's, doing. even if it's six hours to get one of those things looking great, that's six hours I could be painting miniatures that I actually want to paint. You know Fair what I mean? enough, but you haven't been airbrushing weathering pigments like I have on scenery. There's yeah, weird shit actually, that you can get away with. I actually want you to show me how to do that because I, I do want to pick up some of those new buildings, but... Nonetheless, my point is is, com- is commission painting for things that you're not excited about doing. Like yeah. I hate it. I hate them. Fucking hate terrain. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you just meant commission painters. I was like, oh, holy no, no. shit. I, I, that's I a hate, hot take. I hate painting. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm with you though. I painting terrain is not my favorite thing. And I guess outsourcing it. And I guess that's a good point too. Where if you are going to outsource something and you don't want that whole moral quandary of best painted. Get somebody to commission paint your scenery for you rather than your miniatures and just sidestep that entire yep. thing. Pay Ward to build your models. Yep. <laughs> like, you know what would actually really help out in my production is paying someone to build my models. Yep. Yeah, especially now with a lot of the kits where they're not even posable. Who cares? Yeah, like you, it's not like you can do anything cool with them, so you might as well just get somebody else to build them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have kids and get them to do it. Yeah, there you go. Perks. Uh, hot take number eight. <laughs> uh, Produce a family of work. It's like living on a farm back yeah. in the 1900s where you need 10 kids to support the Don't farm. Don't they call that a sweatshop? Sure. Okay. No, 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 no. That's if they're related to you, it's love. Okay. Yeah. A love you want shop. To get them that just sounds wrong, by the way. The family that paints together stays together. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Motto, right? Well, they stay together because they're chained to the table. <laughs> Correct. Jesus. Uh, man, but like, in all honesty, what the fuck has happened? This is 
I cannot I, I think wanna, of a, I also want to iterate here that I don't think there's really a, like a serious complaint. This is not a bad problem to have. No! Like, it's one of those things where we could all just stop and like... First world country quit, problems. I, I can yeah. quit anytime I want. Yeah, I can. <laughs> Again, take up meth. <laughs> Might be easier to kick. I almost guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it, is, it is a crazy release schedule. Like there are... It's almost impossible to keep up with. And this is one company. Yep. Like, this is yep. not even to mention the fact yep. that Monster Apocalypse is coming out right away, yep. and that game looks sick as fuck. You know, I imagine um, Weird Malifaux 3rd Edition's coming out fairly soon, yep. which means I might look at that game again. I assume yep. Infernals aren't that far off for... Uh, Infernals are going to be next summer. Okay. They'll be, the, they'll be the lock and load release, so we've got... I have at least until next June to worry about Demons and War Machine. Like, got I have a little, a, got a little bit of time. I have, I have less than a year to do so much 40k. Yeah, I mean, GW just has to ease up for you, right, buddy? Not bad. Like, like, <laughs> totally, totally realistic expectation. I feel like Speed Freaks is pretty on the fucking nose for their releases. Yeah, I didn't say it's wrong. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. you think a year is long time away? I'm saying there's going to be a lot more releases that you want by the time that. Well, hits. that's so, just it. I'm scared. In terms of time management, one of the other things to do is. Uh, you can take a page out of one of the things that I've done in the past because this is I don't actually really enjoy talking about this but software we do a lot of like velocity calculations of what is my previous past work speed been how can I project that forward I've done that with 40k to try and figure out what my actual painting rate is and how much I can get done and what my purchasing rate is I did a spreadsheet to figure that out and I'm that's why I'm, like, barely above board with my mechanics. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to throw out another plug because he was so lovely enough to uh, help us out twice. Buy Dave's book. Yeah. yeah. Dave project Taylor management. has an entire book about project, project management of painting armies. Yeah. I'm sure that book has some useful shit. Yeah. It, that, that book cannot come out fast enough. <laughs> I was going to say, it would probably have some useful shit on how to continue painting Nurgle when you have orcs come out. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's orcs. It's, it's orcs. Uh, you got, you got a month. I really don't. I have to pay so much in that month. <laughs> yeah, paint up, paint up, uh, paint up your Nurgle. No, I have so many other projects to do in that month. Okay, okay. Uh, another thing: painting bets. Painting bets are a thing. They can help you stay motivated. Yeah. I'll finish all my uh, ad mech in Although, the next month if you finish one greater demon. To return to, to return to a very old concept, painting bets that involve you have to break your Windsor Newtons if you fail. Don't do that anymore because you can't really replace those at the moment. Yeah. Apparently, like the planet is running out of Kalinsky Sable um, air, or brushes of like any manufacturer. Really? So because there there are import bans and all kinds of other shit because. Kalinsky or whatever it is, the animal that the Kalinsky sable is. Yeah, the, the famous majestic Kalinsky sables. They are apparently listed as a protected species, so it is becoming more and more of a pain in the ass to get the material for manufacturing. Can you just get them and shave them and let them go? <laughs> is that an option? Like a catch and release? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I assume that is perfectly viable. But uh, yeah, so... Painting bets where you involve breaking your brushes if you Don't fail do. are super super ballsy right now because yeah there's a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of the supply chain is running out. In of fairness, good all, brushes. My, all my Windsor Newtons are really shitty and I need to replace them. It's a good you time. Better get I think, on that. I think Dallas was saying I think it was Rosemary is they actually have a pretty good supply for their like future manufacturing where a lot of the other companies are starting to get nervous. Well, the GW artificial brushes are actually really good. They're more expensive than the Windsor Newtons. I know, but they're also more accessible. 
And that will become more of an issue is like good brushes that you can actually get may become more of a thing. So yeah. take good care of your brushes. Also, I rarely use brushes anymore, so there's that. <laughs> Problem solved. Again, because of the release schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paint and sub assemblies. I don't think that makes sense faster. Doesn't make it faster. Makes it easier. I would argue it makes it slower. It depends a little bit on some models are easy to do sub assemblies on, and some just do not suit them whatsoever. Okay, here let me do this. Paint tracks off of vehicles. When that's when they're separate pieces, go ahead and do that. (laughs) Fucking termite drills and their single piece construction of the track assembly. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, Whereas for me, what I've been doing a lot lately with some models is. just going in and like the areas that are hard to get out with the brush, paint it dark brown and don't touch it again. Yeah. Like it's a shadow. If it's hard to get out with a brush, it's a fucking shadow. Right? Like yeah. whatever whatever your dark color of whatever that surface is, just fucking hammer that shit. Yeah. Uh, and don't worry about cuz like really detail the face, detail the shoulders and whatever is kind of near the chest and hands. Uh, and the rest doesn't really matter. Also, uh, another tip, uh, there are such a thing as meal supplements called Soylent, where you don't need to actually eat real meals. Didn't those all get recalled? Yeah, they had a lot of lead in them, but it's fine. You're eating paint anyways. It's okay. True. Yeah. <laughs> paint is delicious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of tips. Most of them are very Skip important. the dishes. Yeah, skip the dishes. Don't don't cook anymore. Just order in food. <laughs> um, Find a, you know what? Get a job working from home as like a... I guess it's probably, there are not as many of these jobs anymore, but I used to have a buddy in, in university that worked for, like, um, Panago, and he would work from home, and they would redirect calls to his phone number, and he would take the orders and send them out to other people so you could paint while you work and don't have to wear pants. You, oh, could, you could cut a hole in the bottom of your chair and get a bucket. Oh, not a bad idea. Oh, I saw on the War Machine Hordes painting group, there was a guy who attached a troll blood uh, light war beast, um, put a screw on its base, attached it to a drill press, and he painted it by like priming it while the drill press was going, and then took a brush, like a, a wide brush, with the dark color for the flesh, and kind of like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he did it like a lathe? I was I'll just leave. thinking that. He yeah. painted like a lathe, then took like a lighter color, and like a little bit more careful, just kind of like. Dot in and like a lighter color, more careful dots in. Undid it. It looked pretty good. <laughs> like it broke. So like its spear broke off. I was just so, gonna say like, what material is this miniature made out of? Yeah, you stick a you stick a <laughs> paintbrush in to like get a detail, and the whole like paintbrush explodes. The model explodes. Yeah, like there's obvious limitations to the strategy. Yeah, I'm gonna say <laughs> like, that one. That let's one, be honest here. If you're gonna say sub assemblies are slower, that's slower. <laughs> By far. No, dude, he, like, it was a decent-looking flesh in maybe 30 seconds. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking dumb. <laughs> it was so cool. Uh, not works for everything. I would probably not put your, uh, whatever these are called. Sidonian Dragoons? Yeah, the Dragoons. Yeah, that would explode. Probably not going to work explode. in that format. You wouldn't have to worry about the sub-assemblies anymore, because there would be no pieces. Yeah, it would just there'd be, be a There'd be nothing model. left. It'd be like the Great Knight called the Massacre of 2003. Um, yeah, but in all honesty... Just paint faster or pick your battles. It's a good one. Or, like, you know what? At the end of the day, you don't have to buy it all. Don't get overwhelmed. Like, just play games, play thousand point games, pick an army you like, whatever. Just, it'll, you'll, you'll end up with an army sooner than later. And I think the big thing is, is if you're, if you are not an unemployed millionaire, uh, which, not sure how many of those there are, just like, 
people hanging out with tons of money. And Especially that play 40K. That play 40K, yeah. I you wouldn't like. be a millionaire for very long. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, billionaire? billionaire? That is, that is yeah. the best way to become a millionaire is start off as a billionaire. Yeah, I guess if you're like Bezos and you just like peace out, you're like, I'm done with Amazon. Yeah. Then you're good to go. Uh but like, yeah, it's a good point. Is pick your battles, find something you like, and just finish a project. Try and put on the blinders, and don't worry about what's. Coming you want to be faster too. Have the right tools and yep. good tools at that to do everything you want from edge trimming to spoken like a machinist. Yeah, good drills, tools do make you better. Yes, they make you faster too. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, other things like if you could paint for thirty minutes to an hour a day, yep. find a way to like put that into your schedule. It's true. It's, it's, it's a some, lot better. It's something that I did for the first couple months of the year, got away from, and I'm trying to do again is, even if it is for 20 minutes or whatever, if you have like a little window of opportunity where you're tempted to say, and it's not even worth it, just go go paint a head or a shoulder pad or a gun or whatever. Get something done yeah. so that it's like, again, part of that routine. Because the thing is, next exit. day you don't have to do that. And so yeah. that when you next sit down to paint for yeah. three hours, you don't have to shake all the rust off because you haven't painted in two weeks. Yeah, that is like, actually something that I'm fairly good at is before I go to bed, I tend to paint for an hour or so, then read and then go to bed. It's kind of like the, the general like wind down for the day kind of thing. Stress yeah. relief. Yeah, it totally. But totally. like I had a day earlier this week where the only thing that I painted was I did the heat discoloration on an auto cannon on one Battletech figure. Yep. So I basically like feathered in a little bit of uh, wash on the gun barrel, waited for it to dry. Feathered in the next wash to close towards the end. Waited for it to dry. Get a blow dryer. But like, get a fucking blow dryer. <laughs> That's a great one, actually. Sorry, I, man. I don't use a blow dryer, but I use my airbrush compressor. I just turn it on and just let air go at it. It's still faster. Could get a blow dryer. But yeah, it's but like yeah, drying techniques. But even then, that was so that was like 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was, and most of that was waiting for wash yep. to dry. But that was an accomplishment because that's that's something that I look at every time I walk by the painting table. I'm like, I love how this heat discoloration turned off, and it turned gets off. me or turned on, turned, turned out. out yeah. turned I like in. turned on. Her, t- her turned heat discoloration shouldn't turn off; it should just be permanent. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. But no, every every time I go by the painting table, I pick up that model and I'm just like, fuck yeah, that looks good. I want to paint more. Yeah, and it's because I took that 15 or 20 minutes to sit down and do something. And it just, I don't know, it's just, it's really been a momentum builder instead of just stalling out on something. So speaking of which, this, this, this segment is now making me very anxious and need to go paint. <laughs> so the one thing, the one last thing that I would like to say is <clears throat> you, you can also lean into it. If you're, if every day you're painting and it's something different, eventually shit's going to get done. So like for me, Smaller I could look at that Nurgle army that I'm not as enthused to work on today and be like, fuck it, I'm not going to paint this week because that's what I have to paint. Yep. Or I could have my kill team almost done. Yep. Right. Well, I agree with that. You that's know? always been the, the argument of like, I paint a character to keep myself motivated. That's my prize or whatever. Yeah. Know? Like there's all those mental tricks to keep it going. And I, I get that. Like you, you're better off painting a kill team than painting nothing and just trying to like put it out of your mind like there's always that weight of like i have this army that i got it finished and it's just constantly yeah. pressing in the back of your mind that's bad that's bad you know it's stressful right and like paint to have fun so like i know when i jump into working on more orcs yep i am not going to want to paint all of them consecutively but you know what going back and work some nurgle on some nurgle models will be a great break from painting orcs yep so you can bounce back and forth. You're 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 pandering to me, and I get it. But I I'm eating it right up. 
<laughs> but it, but it makes sense, right? Like, and then I did those orcs, and I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm not super excited. Okay, so I've got some. I'm getting the Melmachians off my desk. Yeah. And as long as you're eventually getting projects off your desk, yeah. And try to not add so many new ones that it's impossible to ever get a project off your desk. <laughs> like, I think that's the caveat for this style. You got to stick to like five or six projects sure, max. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, the, some people do it. It doesn't work for everybody. It's like you try to have paint more than you buy. If you have a bad <laughs> Who the fuck does that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mike. I'm plus 102 models right now. So Wait, what? Of what I bought this year, I've painted 102 more than I bought. The only way I could you're, ever do that you're is basically if I sold getting like 100 models a month. Yeah. No, but you're getting rid of backlog from previous years. Yeah, no, no, but, it, but that doesn't matter. You started with a year that was the other or, way. No, no, you don't understand. This is the steal, idea. Steal your models. Yes. Don't, you have, a, don't you have lots anymore. of things, but the problem is, is people keep buying, but they don't paint as much as they buy. So if I bought 20 models and I painted 50... Because you already had 30. 30 or whatever. We know the number's yeah. a lot higher than 30. Yeah. Probably with at least two more zeros. Yeah. But... <laughs> That's the idea. That's the idea. It's like, okay, I want to buy this model, uh, this this set of ten guys. I got to paint ten guys before. As I buy a gamer, it. I'm already trying to figure out how to break that system. Uh, I would just buy everything in one year and then paint it all the next year. <laughs> one year's bad. One year's really yeah, good. Yeah, but you know you're <laughs> you lying to yourself. You know you're lying to yourself, yeah. right? But I think uh, that actually is a that's a surprisingly cool approach. If you I, can I make, never really thought of that. If you have the self-control to make that work, that's great, but I sure as hell don't. No, I hear you. Yeah, you also need to paint, like, way more. How many of us How many of us have Betrayal of Cal sitting in a shelf that we aren't even talking about? So, I have well, two. I have two. <laughs> and uh, Prosper. I scooped half-built Betrayal of Calf models into a box today, or last night, to make room for other shit. And I like, have... Not even being careful. Just, like, throwing that shit in there. And I have, like, multiple of those Rubbermaid bins full of, like, Forge World resin-bodied Heresy Marines. Like, I got it all, man. I have several, several, like, full-on armies worth of Heresy Marines. So what you're saying is that you're in a good position to start this. Yes. (laughs) Like, but I need Warhound Titans. But I need Warhound Titans in those quantities. Paint two Space Marines before you get each Warhound. But I don't want to. Paint two mechs from Battletech before you buy. How would I ever choose? I almost have as many Battletech models as Space Marines. (laughs) That's not even. That can't be true. I have well over a hundred unpainted Battletech models. That still can't be. And those are the three D printed ones, like the ones that I actually want to paint. Did they make more than a hundred last year of Battletech? Well, these these are the three D printed ones between Calth, Prospero, and uh, Forge World, and regular GW plastics. Oh, and not to mention all of the Primera stuff. Do you really think you only have, like, approximately 100 Marines? No, I know I have several hundred, but <laughs> the whole thing with the whole thing I always say is never do the math. You're making me do math. That's, a, that's actually another good point. You yeah, never, do, never do the math. So, to, and a complete rebuttal of Mike's point, never do the math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so, if we were to summarize this whole segment, I, I think it comes down to two things. Um well, it's, oh. Everything's a giant clusterfuck. So we'll We're just being a bit ridiculous. Is the summarize? Um, just enjoy it. Yeah, really. Like, is for me the biggest focus right now is if yep. our biggest complaint is that there's so much cool shit available, and for the most part at pretty reasonable prices, that we're having a hard. Titanicus <laughs> is an outlier. Uh, my 180 points of. Death Forge World's cream. an outlier, but like the new Blood Bowl teams are like forty bucks. They're significantly more uh, than the kill teams. Pretty affordable. The golden ratio of Shades dollar per point. Shadespire is pretty affordable. 
like um, fucking Monster Apocalypse is going to be affordable. Like, there are more affordable options, and Games Workshop's pricing has been pretty legit. Uh, one thing to live live your life by if you want to get things done: uh, look at the dollars per points. Dollars per points. I dude is an orc player. I never do the math. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say if you're ever less than a never do. If you're ever more the than, math, Steve. If you're ever more than a dollar per point. Problems. You're in, Steve, you're in problem land. Steve, I have over a hundred pewter Gretchen. Never do the math. This Death Corps of Creed model is my most expensive Death Corps of Creed model, and he's 30 points. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Uh, but no, just have fun with it. Like and and really being surrounded by people excited about playing games is gonna help. Which you isn't stay hard excited. right now. because uh, everyone's excited, man. Yeah. Like, holy shit. It's really cool. Um and don't hold yourself to a standard other than one that makes you happy. Yep. Whatever that looks like, be happy with your with what you're doing. Enjoy the games. And if you want to like do some kind of a like dick measuring competition, you can just paint a competition piece every once in a while. Yeah, I agree. Like, just play games. You know what? You know here's how you want to cap this little segment off. What you really need to do is play some games, have some fun. And paint your fucking models. That's been another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Mike. I'm Steve. That's it. I got nothing else. Yep. Yeah.